brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome to this episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is our best of season 11. We're going to do things a little bit different for season 11. All of our best of uh, discussions are going to be in this one episode. So hang on. It's going to be a great power hour of a lot of great products that if you didn't get to hear about them all, this is a one-stop shop. So we're going to have uh, our best of Suds cast members to talk about some of their favorites from season 11. A few of uh, my favorites in coffee and rum. Uh, then we're going to get to hear from Made Man Bob and the rest of the cast members to talk about best of sips in a couple of categories, including whiskey and wine. And then following up, we're going to get to hear from our Smokes cast about their best of products with good old boy Barker and some of those cast members. So hang on. Uh, we've got a lot of great information to go over today. Uh, if you don't catch it on the first run, come back. You'll be able to replay this, take some notes. We have a lot of great information in our show notes about all of this discussion as well. So up first, we're going to have our best of suds. And here is good old gal Juliana to introduce this segment for you. Greetings and salutations. It's time to wrap up our 11th season of Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Today, we'll look back at some of the beers that wowed us and talk about the year in beer. I'm one of your hosts, Good Gal Juliana, and joining me today at the table is Good Boy Mike. So, uh, 11 is one more fingers than I have in my hands, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that really is pretty cool. <laughs> Reverend Mark? <laughs> my, does does that... <laughs> Oh, Just he's time. all broken up well, over I'm it. All, <laughs> time really flies when you're having a good time with you friends. You okay, people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good boy, Dave. Most podcasts only go to 10, but ours goes to 11. Do you need some senior beer? Oh, wow. Well, today we're going to play some clips from previous episodes that showcase some amazing beers that we've had, and we'll add a little commentary around them. But this year has been a challenging one for beer. Declining sales with the younger demographic, Ooh. a continually leaning towards cocktails. Can I have that uh, mimosa beer? Right. Co cocktails, mocktails. And non-alcoholic drinks. Mergers, foreclosures, and the lingering effects of COVID have all left their mark on the beer industry. Mm. But just as it survived the temperance movement, prohibition, and lactose <laughs> sours. The beer will survive. Exactly. The beer will survive all these current challenges. And that plus the warm feeling we get inside after two or three is why we love it. Hmm. All right, let's get going. So let's talk about the first beer that we thought was great, Dave. The next one that we are going to talk about is Stands to Reason. A little different from the last beer. Their smoked lager. A Roush beer. Roush beer. Yes. Well, and a Dunkel oh, Roush beer. Yeah. And 5.1% uh, ABV again, the 5.1 times three. I'm, I'm 
the the nose alone on this, I was hooked, and the flavor does not disappoint. So this was from our Suarez New York style Suarez Family Brewing takeover uh, from May fifth of this year. Yes, thank you for introducing. Oh, I'm nerds. sorry, I stepped all over your little toesies. Nerd. Okay, I love Suarez Family. I was so happy to get it delivered to El Grammy's house so that I could bring it home to us since it doesn't come to Tennessee, but it was a wonderful smoked beer. Yeah, and I'm, you know, we had a couple of really good smoked beers this year. Um, some at Barrique and at their Roush Fest. Yes. You know? um, but that Suarez episode, that is probably one of the best flights end-to-end that we've had. Well, this is a style I always find that is very difficult to pull off oh, well. Yeah. I mean, but they did it so well. I can't begin to tell you how many smoked beers that we've had that just, you know, it's one or the other. It's they're over a kill. You know, they just the smoke just bludgeons whatever was there. Or it's like, dude, seriously, is there something else here? Because I don't taste it. You yeah. know, so it's a very difficult balance to always hit. And so it was really great that you ran into not only just a good smoke beer, but a smoke lager, which is not a very common thing that you would probably choose. Yep. You know, I would say probably the more common, you know, episodes are things that are done with roasted malt, like, you know, Porter is probably at the top of the list. Like a Scottish ale or something. uh, Yeah, or something that just has a lot more sugars on it. I mean, this is one of these things with a lager. It's elegant. You don't really have a whole lot of sugars to kind of mask and play around with and so having something that's smoked in a lager pretty cool yes yeah and i would say that that actually showcases the smoke if you get the balance right because uh, you know the smoke porters that i've had it's just too much going on on both ends is it chocolate is it roast is it smoke is it you know yeah and it was a perfect balance and honestly i think it was a welcome style that we've neglected for a while um so i'm glad that they brought it out and i'm glad that we were able to have some just one more great brewery in the hudson valley area of new york hmm. yes so okay. our rating on this was it a, was a five, five. Mm-hmm. okay beer number two. First beer that we are going to talk about is the saison all righty six percent their first saison brewed with a hundred percent pilsner malt French Strisselspalt mm, mm. and Hallertau Blanc t- hops. I feel like I'm standing in a bucolic field. By, by calling it your first saison, <laughs> is that like, are you are you challenging the universe there? Or Maybe. Okay. Um, I don't like that insolent tone. Hmm. And they use an expressive mm. Belgian yeast strain. It is a rustic expression of straw and hay, grass, and white grape aromas, while open fermentation nurtures the notes of bubblegum and black pepper. All the adjectives. Yes. What a great beer. And, you know, it was really great to come back and listen to that you know prior comment that we had about this. The name of the beer is Tales of the Late Rising Rooster. It's a takeover at uh, Dovetail Brewing in Chicago. Um, this particular episode aired in late March of 2023. Um, so this Pilsner, uh, this was a 100% Pilsner malt, Saison, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, the thing is, is that you cannot hide anywhere. There is nothing right. that you can do but 
screw this up. You're either going to hit it out of the park or it is just going to go really, really, really bad, you know, super yeah. quick. 100%. And I think that, you know, there were a lot of great beers, you know, from Dovetail. I think this was a flight that we, you know, really went through that, you know, was really tough. But this was a beer that really stood out to us. I really love this. Any other quick comment? Yeah, I would think also with the the Italian Pilsner being so low, you know, that uh, the the dry hop aspect of it just really gives you a certain sense of freshness and being in the country. Mm. What was our rating on this? It was a five. Cool. Definitely go check out Dovetail. Two, not one, but two German brewmasters. Yes. Okay. Beer number three. We're now going to move on to the second one, which is a collaboration between Barik in our backyard here in Nashville, Tennessee, and Beerstad in Denver, Colorado. Beerstad, home of the Slow Pour Pills. Oh, yes. It is their um, 7.5% Maybach. So Bill and Ashley from Beerstad... Um, came out to Nashville in February, made some wort, had a good time with the nice guys at Barik, and um, they decided to come up with the Maybach. It spent 11 weeks lagering in frigid temperatures in neutral oak barrels. Define frigid. <laughs> oh, I almost said something. Really got me um, <laughs> and this Maybach is a waft of springtime with its multi sweet aroma and floral grassy layers. Go, Mark, go. Okay, so this was my favorite of all time. And mine. Yeah. And I love the fact that Barik, pretty much everything they do is a one off. There you go. Yeah. It, it's not coming back. Maybe it will, but. And savor it while it's here. And this one really hit the mark. Also, my Bach is my one of my very favorite German lagers. Yeah. And certainly is my favorite fest beer. Oktoberfest is great, but to me, you know, the other fest is the Mayfest. And yeah, I wait all year long for these to come out when they're when it's fresh at yeah. that time of the season in the spring. And the fact that they collabed with Beerstad is yeah. just really magical. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just is one of a host of things, you know, that really was quite magical across the board for Barik. Uh, before we move on, our rating for this real oh, quick was oh, a five. It, it was a five. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's so cool that Reverend Mark actually uh, brought this beer for us to sip today because, oh, my goodness, this is so good. It's still amazing. It's again. really magical. We had one more beer from Barik that actually hit our shortlist was uh, – in the episode called That's Not a Real Saison, and it was the Petite Sipper Sour Table Saison. Oh, and so uh, another just, um, it was a watermelon laid, you know, laden, just a remarkable, you know, beer. 3% ABV. And uh, the to take it all the way home, um, they actually won a GABF medal, their very first at Barique this year. Yeah. And uh, so I can't say enough really good things uh, about uh, Barique, these two beers, and just uh, a real treat that we actually get to have these folks in our backyard. Thank you, Joel. Yes. I really appreciate it, yes. man. Yes, Joel, we love you. Okay, beer number four. Let's go in the middle with D. D. Oh, funny that you say that. Pills, boy, oh, baggins. Oh, there we go. 
Also, also from Crooked Crab. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this Pilsner. The Pils Bow Baggins Bohemian Pilsner from Crooked Crab Brewing Company in Otterton, Maryland. 4.9% ABV. Do you have an unquenchable thirst from scaling the slopes of Mordor? Satisfy it with the refreshing pills. Bo Baggins, our first ever Bohemian Pilsner, brewed with Pilsner and Vienna malts for crisp, clean, and drinkability and a five-plus charisma. Fermented colder than the peaks of the Misty Mountains with a traditional Czech lager yeast, then hopped exclusively with Czech sauce. For a delicate, floral, spicy, noble hop character, drink responsibly because you have a long journey ahead of you. So, along with uh, Suarez family and obviously Barik, Crooked Crab Room was one of the big delights of 2023 for us. Um, That episode alone, they had the three strongest beers, the Pillsbow Baggins, the Shuckabuck Lager, and then the Toast My Oats Stout were amazing. They came to a beer fest later that year, brought some more amazing beers to Nashville. And we waxed poetic on how much we loved their stuff. We were huge fans. Um, The Pillsbow Baggins, we actually rated a five. And um, can't say enough good things about Crooked Crab, man. Okay. Beer number five. The second beer that we are going to talk about is the King Premium Lager. This one is 4.7% ABV. Clean, crisp, and easy drinking as they come. Truly a beer of the people. Um, They gave this gem plenty of additional tank time to lager itself to perfection. It's brewed with Bohemian Pilsner malt and hopped exclusively with German noble hop varieties of Hallertau, Middlefru, and Tetanay. Cold fermented in their new house lager strain. Mm. Impressive. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is not terrible. Not at all. Okay, so we rated this beer a five. And the thing that I really enjoy about Barrier, which was another um, gem that I found that I was able to ship to Grammy and bring down here to Tennessee, was that everything from Barrier was just spot on, really tasty. Except their website, it sucked. Whatever. Okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. But it just also proves that Loggers were key, like to a lot of us. There were no IPAs this, in our tops. Yeah, that's interesting observation. Yeah, huh. uh, just about everything is a logger. Yeah, or wow. a pilsner. Almost everything. Yeah, that, it was not planned at all. <laughs> no, no yeah. it wasn't. But it was just the way of what of how we were drinking for 2023. I am super shocked with that yeah. observation. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was a very tough year, you know, for beer across the board. But I think the thing that struck out with me with all of these really great beer choices is that in spite of all those challenges, we're still very capable of enjoying a lot of great beer. So I hope that these beers will hit your short list to go back and try them out and enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, thanks so much. And I'm going to have some more than my buck. Well, but of course, of course. Okay. Good old boy, Mike, any last closing thoughts? No, uh, be sure and check out some more really great beer uh, that are on our list. We have a couple of beers that were not on our discussion today. Be sure and check those out on our uh, episode notes today as well. Reverend Mark, thanks for being here. Any last thoughts? Yeah, I'd say um, I don't want to end on a negative note, but, you know, we did see the closing of Anchor. Yes. And, and that's yeah. the, the most, 
you know, important 127 years of brewing in Sapporo sold them out. So let's hope that someone will pick it up shortly. There you go. Cheers to that. Those Canadians. <laughs> Good old boy, Dave. <laughs> hey, looking forward to season 12, man. This is Good Old Gal Juliana. Thank you so much for your support this past year as we finish out season 11, looking onward and upward to season 12. Keep on chuggling and we'll catch you next time. Hey, this is Good Old Boy Mike. And I thought that I'd share with you one of my favorite rums that I had here in season 11. You know, we actually didn't get to talk about rum as much as we normally like to here on the show uh, for season 11, but fret not, that doesn't mean that we didn't have lots of great rum. Uh, We just uh, had to make some choices about what things we'd actually talk about on air. So I thought that I'd take a moment and share with you my favorite product for season 11 is from Black Tot. It is the Master Blenders Reserve This is an annual release. The one that uh, we enjoyed this year was from 2022. And part of the uh, timing about how this product comes into the U.S. market is it has a real long delay uh, before it actually shows up here uh, for retail. So even though this product was released in 22, it actually didn't arrive here into the U.S. market until 23. So this is actually a third iteration of this master's blend. The master blender is Oliver Chilton. And what a masterful product that this is every single year. They're different each particular release and some unique characteristics, you know, for every single one of these releases. I think the thing that I really enjoy most about this product is that it really gives Oliver a chance to really bring everything to bear on what he wants to work with. It literally is like sending into a chef into a kitchen and saying, hey, it's all yours. Do whatever you'd like. I have absolutely no preconceived notion of what this should taste like at all. Just bring your very best. And so with that is exactly what Oliver has done. Some of my tasting notes around this product You know, it is kind of sweet. I think baked banana bread is probably, you know, one thing that really caught. There are a lot of other things that are sweet in this. You know, maybe a touch of lactose, uh, you know, honey are some of the other, you know, sweet elements that come around in this. That's really balanced off with some things that bring uh, a lot of earth and bitterness. There's like chocolate, you know, tobacco, leather. Um, And then there's uh, some spices kind of on the top of this, like uh, aniseed, um, you know, you have, you know, kind of dancing on your tongue. One of the other unique aspects that Oliver does is he actually saves a portion of the prior year Master Blender Reserve and actually incorporates that into uh, the next year. So there's actually some of the 21 that is the base or not the base, but it is almost 20% of the entire blend. Some of the other uh, rums that are included in this particular are from Barbados, uh, Guyana, Jamaica, and Trinidad are some of the other uh, rums that are in this blend. So listen, this is a little difficult to find, uh, like a lot of things from Black Dot, uh, but I think it's well worth the hunt. And you'll actually see this on the back bar and available you know, by the glass in select bars as well. So if you see that, don't pass it up. Um, you know, it's probably not going to be terribly cheap, but I guarantee you that it'll be worth uh, 
both the chase as well as whatever you may pay to enjoy this. So again, that's uh, the Black Tot Master Blenders Reserve for 2022. It's released on Black Tot Day um, as well, but uh, you'll be able to uh, hopefully find that and enjoy that. My uh, SIPs rating for this is a five, of course. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, get on with uh, some other products to talk about here on the best of season 11. Now we're going to get to hear from our SIPs cast members with Made Man Bob. Hey, and we're back, and this is our SIP segment for best of the year. So we're going to ask Brent what was his choice for best of the year. Thanks, Bob. Obviously, we had as many of these as I have. Yeah, I uh, think so, apparently. <laughs> this is the A. Smith Bowman Cast Strength, batch number two, 72.25% ABV. And for you math people, that's 144.5 proof. This is aged a minimum of... Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is aged a minimum of 10 years with barrels hand selected by master distiller brian pruitt and distiller david bach the second release is a series is bottled uncut and non-chilled filtered it's got this beautiful copper color to it on the nose you know it's got some heat to it oh it just like singes your nose hairs a little bit while you while you uh, take it in you get a lot of cherry um, a little bit of hint of leather caramel some toast on there then when you get it on the palate it's like this is just smooth creaminess covers your whole palate you get apple cherry get some roasted nuts some floral notes uh, you got a really nice strong wood char um it's just it, it just covers your mouth and the, the finish just doesn't stop I mean, I can go on and on with this. It's, you know, you sip it 10 minutes ago and you might need to sip it again now because it's, uh, it, it is such a lovely one. I, it's why I couldn't put it down. That's why I picked it as best of the year. The only problem I have with batch number two is that they sent us a small sample in batch number one. They sent us a whole 750. <laughs> that is a problem. <laughs> I am, I'm happy to have any, any, any but, yeah. but but, but maybe next year the whiskey fairies will will send a whole bottle, please and thank you. So <laughs> you can you can try. <laughs> well, you know, batch number one was amazing, so you knew batch number two was going to be great. So this is over the top amazing. All right, so let's see what uh, Justin had for his best pick of the year. So the best pick of the year was Daniel Weller Emmer Wheat. It's forty seven percent alcohol by volume. Or 94 proof. It's non age stated. This expression is named in honor of Daniel Weller, grandfather to William Leroux Weller. The inaugural, inaugural release of this annual experimental series is made with emmer wheat, an ancient Egyptian grain that's mainly used to make beer and bread. Archaeologists have found evidence of emmer wheat domestication over 6,000 years ago and its symbols etched into the Egyptian pyramids. The whiskey was distilled in the E.H. Taylor Jr. Microstill at the Buffalo Trace Distillery. So this nose is like the best like Blue Moon style beer and bourbon you've ever had. And that orange zest must be the emmer wheat difference on the palate. It's like bold oak. But then waves of sweet honey and fruit, baking spice and leather, and the finish is amazing. It hits different parts of your mouth after every sip. 
So I love this stuff. Well, there's a lot to love. You know, I mean, it was a unique release and something that I don't think any of us are going to be seeing anytime soon again. No. I mean, you, you've seen the little still that Harlan has there. You're not making yeah. a lot of that little bitty thing. So he's a barrel a day. Yeah. Distillery, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was when we got this one, it was a privilege just to even be on the press list for this one. So, oh, yeah. But uh, the chance to try it was was something that we certainly couldn't pass up, and it did not disappoint. So, um, delicious. Yeah, definitely delicious. <laughs> so, well, we're going to see what, what did Harm pick? Uh, Harm picked for his best pick of the year was the Kleinleash 12 year old from the Diageo special releases 2022. So we got some clips to play from that episode. I think you missed the boat on this one. This Dude, one is the one that just didn't. This just didn't is the best Kleinleash I've ever had. Yeah. I'm not a huge Kleinleash fan. This is the one. Yeah. No, this is a beautiful This Klein is the Leash. Neo of Kleinleash. I'm with you. This, it's, it coats your palate like yeah. that. This is the best Kleinleash I've ever had. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I and, mean, Kleinleash, the general release is a 14-year-old yeah. Kleinleash. And I've always been like, yeah, it's there. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's a solid whiskey. There's nothing wrong with it. But this, without no, no, a doubt, no, no. is the there, best one I've ever had. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's yeah. nothing that recommends it. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. This, this one, I want. Boom. I want to go out of my way to get this one. Yeah. Well, that one was a good one. I mean, <laughs> I, that one I still can remember and unfortunately we, we drank all of it so we don't have any left <laughs> so <laughs> i wish we still had some left but uh you know uh that one you know they're smaller samples and uh and they were they were they were so good so, <laughs> so those are gone but i think he might have a bottle hidden at the store under the counter somewhere so we'll see next time we get over there and then uh maury let's see what it was uh Maury's pick for the year was, I believe, the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. Uh, the first whiskey today is the 2023 Old Forester Birthday Bourbon at 48% ABV, 96 proof, oh and 12 years old. The Old Forester Birthday Bourbon is released every year on September 2nd in honor of George Garvin Brown's birthday, the man who founded Old Forester in 1870. This is the 23rd annual release, and it's aged 12 years. The mash bill is 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley. Uh, the details are as follows. On May the 5th of 2011, 103 barrels were filled. They were aged on the fifth floor of Warehouse I for 12 years. In terms of color color is rich and it's a beautiful copper on the nose burnt caramel brioche cinnamon talking to the microphone mouth coating <laughs> viscous he's always trying to find words so we'll cut him off there so <laughs> The best part was is that he picked another one that he thought was one of the better ones of the year, but he wasn't on that show, so I'm still trying to figure that choice out. But anyway, um, so. It's like the multiverse in Marvel. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he put on that little Ant-Man suit and, mm -hmm. went, you know, right. and disappeared. Maybe him and Thanos are having it right now. Yes. That's what it is. That's it. 
Thanos is cool. Yes. Anyway, so what's... <laughs> We'll move on to our, our last whiskey of the year. So that is my pick. And for my pick of the best whiskey of the year, I picked from our friends at Aaron, the Aaron Single Malt 25-year. Um, this one was absolutely stunning. It's 46% ABV, 92 proof, non-chill filtered. This is a release made from a mix of bourbon barrels and sherry casks that were dill, distilled in 1995. And have been finished for a year in Sherry Hogsheads. This is the oldest release ever from Isle of Erin. And, uh, I mean, they've only been around about 26 years. So, this is literally some of the oldest casts they've had. But And they've been killing it with all the releases that have been coming out lately. And we've all been big fans of what they've been doing. But this one was just special. It's just, the nose is just sweet oak nutmeg a little bit of black cherry mm, that sweetness on the nose a little bit of baking spice and on the palate hold on mm. on the palate it's just oh gosh it's just it's it's marzipan and, and toasted almonds get cinnamon on the edges of the tongue I get uh, mandarin oranges, a little bit of honey, a little bit of apricot, a little bit of fruit cake. Um, it's just, it's creamy deliciousness. Yeah, it's just so good, so fresh, so clean. Mm. Twenty-five years, you wouldn't expect it to be this fresh and clean like it is. Yeah, it's it's bright, right? It's, you yeah. know, it's it's bright. It's um, I mean, we've had a few whiskeys we've described. Like, well, remember when we did Nika Days that first time? It was like sunshine. This one is is very similar to that. I mean, the flavors are all there, but it's just so bright and vibrant and in your face at twenty-five years. Um, you know, an absolutely beautiful whiskey. So that's my pick for best of the year for our whiskeys. What did you guys have for your runner-up? I had the Four Roses small batch this year. It's great. First off, all of the small batches are great. And when you compare them, it's kind of like which one's better. You, you kind of need to have a lineup. But this is just it's it's uh, every year it comes out. I look forward to it. We usually get a taste it up there in Kentucky the first time. And again, we were able to again this year and delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, like you said, the best part about it is everyone is different. You know, this year is very different from last year. And last year was very different from the year before. They're always great, but they're always unique. Right. Which when is you, nice when you want to try to say that one is better than the other, it's like, well, <laughs> it's, it's really tough because... Yeah. You know how different they all are. Yeah, exactly. So, what was your runner-up? The huge shock that King Kentucky knocked it out of the park again. It was amazing. Full bright, full-bodied bourbon, and then uh, signatory Glenlivet 2007. I like Glenlivet as a distillery, but this one was just Glenlivet squared. Yeah, so good. Well, signatory, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's the amazing thing with the independent bottlers. Sometimes they're bottling stuff from distilleries that is better than it comes from the distilleries themselves. Yeah, 
And we had it's some great, Glenn we had some great Glenn ones from them. Yeah, we had some great ones from Gordon McFan. We had some great ones from them. So uh, we had yeah. a lot of good scotches this year, which really, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. which really kind of surprised me. I almost think that we had better scotches than we had bourbon, and that's an unusual thing for me to say that. We no, definitely well, we, one day we, we have had, had quite a oh, yeah, yeah we've had quite a list, day. and I mean we've got a lot of stuff you know queued up for the coming year as well. So we've got some really stunning stuff, and we've got some really unusual stuff uh, that's queuing up also for this year. So uh, with any luck, once that all gets here, you know the listeners are going to get to hear some some really interesting stuff. We've got some new uh, new whiskeys from India. Um, I'm on the track of some whiskeys from of all places Switzerland. Ooh, yeah. So that is ought it, to be interesting, and also blonde, and also blonde, some wine. A blonde whiskey. Hopefully, it comes with a watch. Oh, see, yeah. I'm thinking watch. You're thinking a blonde. Yeah, it comes with a Rolex and a bank account number. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's our best picks for uh, whiskey of the year from the Sips Crew. So we also do the wines with the Sips Crew. So we're going to go on to our first pick for best of the year, um, and that one is going to be. Um, Let's see. Like that one's going to be Harm. And his pick for best of the year was uh, the Odette Reserve Napa Valley Chardonnay 2020. I, this is not my style of white wine at all, yet I freaking loved it. This is not, this is almost, it's not over the top buttery cougar juice like I would normally call this stuff because it's actually more balanced than oh, that. Oh, it's much more balanced. Yeah. It's, it's this is like you were saying it's buttered toast the oak spice is there it's like freshly baked brioche right out of the oven and i got toasted almonds on the nose as well and it's like warm hazelnuts and almonds and then on the palate you said brioche and peach and then i also got lots of roasted nuts it's a little oily on the palate it does have a little the oiliness yeah all that mallow and normally I don't like this much mallow, but this is so balanced with the fruit that it's undeniably delicious. Well, they did and, a beautiful job. You can keep drinking this. You keep coming back to it. It's not like it, it won't be like I've had one glass. I'm done. I'm full. This is this is refreshing and gorgeous. Yeah, it was an amazing Chardonnay. It really was. And and Justin and I were lucky enough to actually get to drink some of it at Odette with the winemaker and. It was better there. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's always, when, you know, when, the, yeah. when the person who made it is literally sitting at the table going, would you like another pour? It always seems to get you know an extra. It goes up one tick in the scorecard. Oh, they but, give you the amazing yeah. fr- you know, fruits and cheeses and salami that just make it even better. They know what they're doing over there. Yeah, but that, that Odette was, well, look at it this way harm harm actually you know reached out and tracked some down and actually carried it in the store as long as he could i mean that's hard to get it's you know it's it's not on every store shelf but he actually sought it out and you know him if he did it's got to be some good stuff yeah so we're going to go to justin and see what his best pick of the wine wine of the year was that we did on the show so so I picked the Camus Special Selection Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon 2017. I've heard of this. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have. We had a veterans release that was pretty similar to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, 15.4% alcohol by volume. The Camus Special Selection is the only wine in the world honored twice as Wine Spectator Magazine's Wine of the Year from both 1894 and the 1990 Vintage. 1984, sorry. 
1984 yeah. and 1990. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow, Man, I'd love to try one, the yeah. 1894 Camus. <laughs> Wagner's really looking great. You see how sharp my fingers are? It's like I can type it all. <laughs> I think he had too much Camus when he was typing it up. <laughs> I don't think there's ever too much Camus. So, yeah, uh, I was about to say. But yeah, just this, the right amount. This was an excellent wine. Uh, we really enjoyed this one. And, and as Justin said, um, they've done a special commemorative bottle for us. Uh, the the entire Wagner f- family, uh, Chuck and, and 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 his son and his daughter, have been amazing amazing people and have really helped us uh, more than I can possibly ever thank them for uh, in supporting our charity work with Honor Flight. So um, they've honored our World War II veterans uh, on more than one occasion and have been I mean amazingly generous to us. So thank you to the folks that came us for helping us with that and also thank you for uh sending us a fabulous wine to review so thank you so it we'll go delicious. on to our yeah. next one and that was maury's pick for best of the year which was the dow soul of the lion 2019 uh we've done quite a few wines from this producer which is dow so this is the 2020 dow soul of the lion and we've oh. done the last two or three releases up to this point i believe um, it's 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, 13% Cabernet Franc, 7, 7% Petit Verdot. It's aged for 22 months and 100% new French oak, 15.2% ABV. Uh, the Soul of Lion is made for George and Daniel Dow's father, an enduring symbol of strength and courage in their lives. First released in 2010, Soul of Lion established Paso Robles as a rising star for world-class Cabernet. And I would absolutely say that is 100% true. Yeah, I before, mean, before before the Dow guys, yeah. the brothers, I thought Paso Robles was for mediocre wine. Yeah, but, guys but changed it. they came in and... and they're not the only producer making world No, no, no wines. Hope that's is the out thing. There Once they came in, everyone else yeah. there upped their game. And they did, and we've been fortunate to try the Soul of Lion, I think, for the last three years in a row, um, and that 2019 was absolutely fantastic. So so we're going to move on to our last wine, and that was my pick for Best Wine of the Year, and my pick was from Davis Estates, uh, the 2005 Phase 5. Uh, Davis Estates, founded in 2011 by Mike and Sandy Davis when they purchased land from the Saviez family that had previously been part of a winery with roots dating back to 1900. The following year, they purchased an adjacent property to make up the 155 acres of the current estate. The original barn dates back to 1916, so they redesigned all the buildings there to actually look like it. Uh, the Phase 5 was 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, aged for 28 months and 225-liter French oak punchins, 85% new. Absolutely stunning wine. Uh, I mean, it just, it, it, you drank it and it stayed with you for an hour. I mean, it just did not go away. It just kept going and going and going and going. Um, and I'm still dreaming about it, and I wish we still had some. But unfortunately, we drank it all. So <laughs> what can I say? It's been a great year. Um, we've had some fantastic wines. We've had some fantastic whiskeys. And we're looking forward to uh, 2024. So thank you all for joining us. Hey, this is good old boy Mike. And this is our best of sips that actually covers coffee. Now, we had a couple of coffee episodes in season 11. And, you know, there were some really great products that we talked on those episodes. But I'm actually going to pick my very best of product for something that we actually didn't cover on uh, any of the radio show itself. So this 
coffee that I've picked as the best of season 11 is from Haiti. It is Singing Rooster, and Singing Rooster has uh, several, but this one is the Savane Zombie, and this is from Southeast Haiti. It's a really fascinating coffee. You know, I think the thing that really struck me the most about this coffee is just such a huge flavor bomb. I mean, there is so much going on. You know, I probably characterize this as uh, kind of a little grassy, you know, uh, caramel. Maybe a slight hint of herbal spice um, is probably what you would get off this. But it's really going to have those awesome, you know, stronger chocolate notes that a lot of Haitian coffees are known for. And I really found myself continually just going back to this, you know, checking it out at different, you know, roast points and everything that I tried, you know, be it a lighter roast or a darker roast, everything it would just kept on bringing more and more, you know, to uh, the flavor profile. Yeah, I would say that a lot of people enjoy a Haitian Blue Mountain. So if that's kind of difficult to get a hold of. And, you know, if you don't want to probably pay premium bucks for that, uh, this is a really great choice and really something that you should uh, check out for sure. So Singing Rooster is kind of an interesting, it's a nonprofit that actually brings Haitian products into the U.S. They're based out of Madison, Wisconsin, and they bring in not only just coffee, but like art and cocoa and some other things, you know, directly and actually funnel that all back to farmers and communities in Haiti. So uh, it's kind of a cool, you know, setup as well. Um, this is 100% Arabica bean as well. So uh, it's actually kind of a larger bean size. So it's a 17, 16, you know, screen size. So you're actually uh, going to get a lot of, you know, good bang for your buck out of this as well. So be sure and check that out. Again, Singing Rooster, it's called the Savane Zombie uh, is the, the particular version. There's some other Singing Rooster coffees that are available but this particular one really caught my attention my uh sips rating for this is going to be a five and uh, be sure and check it out well we're rolling right on along and hopefully you're enjoying a lot of these discussions next up in this segment is going to be our cast members for our smokes categories so now we'll turn it over to good old boy barger hey welcome to sip suds and smokes this is the best thing on at 2 a.m insert favorite tv show here <laughs> and uh we, we're here today for our best of 2023 cigars that we have found this year whether it was made this year or not that we've just really enjoyed this year and man we've each got three cigars for you we're gonna throw it in we'll only talk about one each but we're gonna have some good time here in the next 15 minutes Today with me is my good old boy, Justin. Justin's not here. Edit that out. Good old boy, Benjamin. <laughs> Howdy ho, neighbor. Good old boy, Nader Salad. I was about to say, Howdy. have you lost a lot of hair lately? <laughs> <laughs> and good old boy, Mike. Yep, I'm still here. All right. Due to contrary belief. Well, let's just jump right into it. We, or I, am going to tell you my top three cigars for this year. So I'm going to start with a uh, timeout Habano, which is is my number one cigar this year wow. and it is fantastic huh. we'll get into that in a minute and the second is the wildfire revitalist revivalist mm -hmm. man speaking is hard today folks let me just throw that out there and then third for me is going to be the havana castle black their house blend that's a cuban seed 
uh, with Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it is fantastic, and you can order it online from them, hmm. but they're only sold, sold in Ontario, Canada. Interesting choice. So none of those have the same wrapper-binder combo, do nope. they? Yeah, they're all three different. Yep. Huh. Such is my personality. Hey. Right, what do you got for me, Benjamin? Yeah, cool. Uh, so <laughs> the three that I have, uh, and I'm going to go three, two, one, uh, the Cavalier Inner Circle, uh, the Wildfire Art wildfire artelis great right and then my number one this year is the lucione habano huh uh okay yeah man that's a killer smoke for me that's uh okay damn near you know desert island uh but i have smoked way more of those this year than i care to admit honestly heard that worth its weight for sure 200 percent Hmm. Well, what do you got, good old boy, Nate? So uh, my number one cigar of the year would be the Foundation Cigars Olmec Natural. Okay. Um, my number two, uh, kind of piggy in the back off of Ben there, would be um, actually the sister to the Inner Circle, but the Cavalier Domaine uh, Rouge. Yeah. And then I would say number three would be the Warped Nicotinia. Uh, the the Foundation Olmec Natural um, it's a Mexican San Andreas Claro. Um, it has Nicaraguan binder and filler. To me, though, it's just like a rich, desserty smoke. Even the the natural, it's very flavorful, complex. Yeah, cocoa, coffee. It's to me the double Corona in that. It's incredible. Awesome. Well, what about you? So we skipped a couple of things. Why did you pick the some of the ones that you had on your short list? Oh well, for me, it was not only complexity but it was ease ease on my draw the light the flavor profile it just all around great cigars and actually the domain rouge was my number four hmm. so i uh, it was a tie between that and the havana castle yeah i guess i would have thought that you know we all have like taste profiles that we tend to like and gravitate towards and, yeah you know um I just would have thought you would have picked things that would have aligned right towards the word, you know, petite Lancero, you know, for sure. Man, if, tell you what, if more people would produce petite Lanceros, there might be on this list. Are you saying that there was not enough skirt involved with? I don't know, think I saw like many petite cigars. Lanceros come out this year. No, not too many. Yeah. So the cigars that you did pick in your top three there, was there a common size or a shape that you kind of gravitated towards? So the Robusto? was kind of my go-to this year uh-huh you know seeing as in i'm, I'm running slim on petite lanceros that's a shameless well, plug well, you might want to go to like a petite corona yeah you know so you're saying uh short and squatty as opposed to long and thin yeah that's right yeah that's right <laughs> i'm sure you can identify with that yeah that's that's you know my mo hmm wait what are we talking about again yeah <laughs> so <laughs> girth i wish to register a complete right. yes but i think you know for me that timeout habano and I can't say en enough about it. If you guys have not had a chance to pick it up, it was an exclusive in Texas and it's trying to get its way out. So if you have not had a chance to get them in your store, contact Neil and get them in your store because he is awesome and he brings R2-D2 with him. So uh, I wanted to chime in about uh, that cigar from Neil as well. If, if I had picked three, that would have been in my top three. And I think part of the reason why was... It was just, especially that that uh, product was introduced at the PCA conference in Las Vegas that we attended. If you didn't listen to that episode, you should go back and listen. Absolutely. It's a, it's a wonderful, it's a long episode, but uh, it's definitely well worth it. And we talk about that cigar. But the thing that I really loved about what 
Neil pulled off is that in that room with that many cigars and that many uh, where people had picked the same binder filler wrapper combo, yeah. his still stood out heads and tails yeah. above a lot of people that had the exact same combination. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think right off the hand, you're like, well, it's the same. No, it's not. For um, me, what it was, was his... He's he's only got two cigars in Maduro and Habano, right? And there's only three or four sizes in each of them. I think three sizes. Yeah. And so that's all the product he's got. So he can focus on creating a quality product instead of pushing, 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 pushing more things out. Well, and I think that's the wake-up call, I think, for not only those established brands, but I think for newcomers as well, is to say... Um, just because you're doing more of the same, that doesn't mean you can't be distinctive, you know, all at the same time, a lot of head nodding around the room. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot to be said about quality over quantity, right. And and doing things the right way. And, and just, that's just a general life lesson, you know, across the board. But I think Neil really dialed in what he would expect from a cigar and release that instead of doing some partnership with somebody because he wanted to get in the cigar game and that type of thing like meeting him at pca the guy cares right uh he still has that sense of you know grassroots startup you know i'm gonna hand deliver these cigars to whoever will buy them currently right kind of mindset uh and and that cigar did not disappoint i I'd smoked it at pca in a long day of smoking many, many cigars. And then Barger and I were fortunate enough to purchase some here not too long ago um, and got to revisit those cigars. And what a what a pleasant, you know, full circle moment to come back and yeah. get into that cigar and go, Absolutely. you know, I felt bad about having smoked it when I did in Vegas Versus not having a clean palate, right, and really getting to experience, you know, what what he's created there. Yeah. So Benjamin, what was your number one, and why did you pick that one again? Yeah, it was the Alucione Habano. Um, so this is a, a Nicaraguan puro with obviously a Habano Claro wrapper. Uh, obviously, Alucione is not new to the game by any means. Nope. But they did do some uh, rebranding and, and kind of shuffling of the cards of what is going to be more uh consistently available uh and this habano for me um i do prefer something that's a little bit more full-bodied uh and also like medium plus full strength uh and this one is a uh, checks both those boxes for me and and this is probably something that i've enjoyed over this entire you know year of smoking cigars is that like habano wrapper spiciness Mm -hmm. is is just is just warm enough right to kind of keep you cozy and keep you interested uh and that's something that i've really leaned into and enjoyed uh i've definitely been more of like a heavy kind of like maduro style smoker in the past um sure and and so just that 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 little sprinkle of of you know cool habano spice has done a lot for me and so this uh illusione Seriously, hands down, box worthy. Knocked it out. Yeah, nice, cool. Five stars, home run. Yeah. What about you? That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the I mean, I've I've 
been with you know smoking foundation since they've released their stuff in 2015 but the olmec to me it's just it's not an affordable cigar i mean it's around the 17 dollars range but sure. it's a cigar that every time i smoke it it burns perfect it tastes perfect somebody who works selling cigars all day it's a cigar i like to light up when i'm not working right. because i actually i know it's like i know what to expect so much in its complexity, I'm able to actually relax and enjoy the cigar. Sure. And to me, there's just a lot of depth and flavor you don't have to, to think it. about it. No, and so yeah, it's to me, it's a perfect cigar just to sit down and hmm. truly smoke and enjoy. That's and, exactly yeah. my my thoughts on the time timeout as well. Yeah. So like, is that a commute smoke or is that a I sit down and smoke it? I mean, the know? double Corona, the size I'm talking about, it's seven by fifty two box press. So I mean, it's it's a long smoke. So you're you're hanging out for a minute hmm. well uh i had at least uh in addition to the tom al cigar uh that my top pick was actually the agonorsa unifasario the connecticut yeah, um wrapper on this cigar. great smoke and uh i guess the thing that really just captured this for me was you know we were going through so many cigars uh after pca and we were I was moving in between things that I would smoke casually and then things, you know, to try, you know, uh, to screen that we're going to cover here on the show. And this particular cigar just really captured my attention. I just loved how well balanced it was. Yeah. Um, it, it had great construction off this. And I was so pissed when it was over. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, do I have like six more of these? Because I would, you know, and part of it, you know, is that you're going in between things you like, things that are just okay, and things that are amazing all the time, you know, as you're screening products that we're going to talk about here on the show. And uh, I had actually had a couple of other things that I had enjoyed before this, but so for this to really stick out, you know, in the middle of a sea of things you're going through right. was, is always really rough. So uh, the... And remember, the Agonorsa episode airs December 22nd. So actually, it'll uh, it's already out. When you're hearing this particular episode, um, you can hear about the entire Agonorsa you know, product line. Um, this particular, the Anniversario, the blend is uh, Carrillo. Um, it is uh, Esteli. And the fillers are a mix of Corojo um, from both uh, Jalapa and Esteli. So um, really, uh, a really great blend itself i think the last stick i wanted to talk about briefly was actually one of the sticks that was um from the boutique uh, cigar association and that uh stick that you know we had so many iconic pictures and i don't want to mention the brand again because it the, i think what was interesting about that particular experience was is that it had seven different tobaccos in it yeah, and so many cigar uh, blends that that I noticed were very repetitive, you know, in nature. What people were using, especially for a lot of new sticks, and to come out and actually choose seven different, you know, tobaccos, I thought that that was a bold move. I didn't particularly like the blend, sure, um, you know, but uh, you know, I thought that that was an interesting observation that somebody would say, I'm not going to do more of the same. I'm going to do something very distinctive. Definitely a creative cigar, yeah. for sure. Hey, and, and speaking of Mike's favorite sizes, Petit Lancero, Aganorsa also this year happened to put out a 10 by 100. Uh -oh. So I think that should be up next on the review list. Oh, that's a big cigar. Yikes. What do they call it? The Lunatic. There you go. It's a Lunatic one. Yeah. 
So we'll have to do a whole episode on that while we sit and smoke the whole thing. I hope somebody's got about four hours to waste. Uh, so you're talking about the lunatic from Agonorsa, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they came out with the in one coffin, yeah. it's one cigar, like 40 some odd dollars, and it's a 10 inch by 100 ring gauge. I don't think we covered that one in particular on the, on the uh, takeover episode. We'll I, don't save that that for that, Christmas. I don't know that that was a sample cigar. Yeah, no, we'll save that for Christmas for sure. All right, well, we only got a minute left here, so let's just go ahead and say, wow, yeah. this, this year has been really awesome with the industry, with cigars, with gaining relationships and helping others gain their relationships and moving forward with the with this podcast. Thank you very much for your listeners. We really appreciate everything that you do by listening to us. Tell your friends, share the podcast, go in there and and, and review us. Tell us what you think. We got a lot of amazing content um, you know, in the smoke space this year and and that's due to a lot of hard work, you know, by Barger and uh, I think what I'm looking forward to is I actually see what's ahead of us. And I'm very excited yeah. about a lot of things that we get to discuss in season 12. So um, definitely check out, you know, what we put out in season 11, but hang, hang with us. I mean, yeah. you're going to get to hear about a lot of great stuff. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank my guest. Good old boy, Benjamin. Thanks for having me. Y'all keep smoking. Good old boy, Nate. Keep it lit. Good old boy, Mike. Hey, keep on, keep on smoking. And I'm going to say I got ink on my hands from this ink pen. But yeah, keep on smoking whatever it is you're smoking. Good old boy Mike here again to talk about some of our best of season 11 picks. And this particular topic is our best gen choice for season 11. Boy, I tell you, this is uh, another one of those categories that actually we didn't have an, a Gen episode in Season 11, but that does not mean we were not still drinking a lot of Gen. It's probably one of my favorite categories, you know, certainly in terms of things that I probably drink a bit more routine and daily. You know, I uh, was in uh, Europe for a couple of months, and I would say that I was really on the hunt to try and locate you know, some really great uh, Spanish gens in particular. I uh, spent a lot of time uh, there in Spain and, and in and around Barcelona and ran into, you know, uh, you know, some good, uh, great gens, of course, you know, in that region of the world. But, you know, I think probably one of the more difficult things that I've found with Spanish gens is they're made locally, they're distributed locally, and they're a little difficult to find, you know. So, uh, one of our best of that was on the Big Gen Taste Off was Vanna Gander. You know, we recorded that episode almost uh, three years ago, and it is just now becoming available in the U.S. market. So that's some of the difficulty, you know, that you're going to find with especially gens that are made in uh, the Spanish market. So I was in London for uh, some time as well. I actually attended the London Wine Fair, but I actually got to taste, you know, a lot of gins, you know, certainly while I was there in London. Went to Sipsmith, which, of course, you know, if you're going to be there in London to check out Sipsmith. And I got to actually sit down and try some of the Sipsmith products that I'd actually not previously had and really fell in love with a particular version of Sipsmith which is their London Dry, but it is the VJOP, which is the very junipery overproof uh, version that they have there at Sipsmith. I really uh, thought it was fantastic. You know, I love things that are very juniper forward, and this was definitely that. But, you know, they had uh, some other 
flavored options, you know, like zesty orange or lemon drizzle to go along with some of these, you know, very traditional recipes that they had as well. So I would definitely say that the typical, you know, tasting note off this is definitely lemon and juniper and pepper, which are, you know, just kind of the pillars of London, you know, dry gin itself. But yeah, really, uh, that particular version really kind of caught my attention. So definitely if you're there in London, you should definitely, you know, take some time, you know, to actually go to uh, the distillery and, and check out their bar. It's, uh, it's really great. And you'll get to taste some cocktails maybe that fit really well with Sipsmith as well. So my Sips rating for the Sipsmiths VGAOP is going to be a five. So be sure and check that out as well. Well, that's going to take care of everything here for season 11. Really hope you enjoyed all of these wonderful products that we got to talk about for season 11. Come back, enjoy those uh, at your leisure. Hey, this is good old boy Mike asking you to come back, enjoy another exciting season of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, and I'll ask you to keep on sipping. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap, Just tap it in. the subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone. Play podcast Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at sipsudsandsmokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands millions and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back, join us for another episode, and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 